On the show today, games without the gameplay, a legacy without a legend, and a farm without a crop. In three, two, one. This is gonna be fun, Alex. Oh, great. Hey, ready? In a world where pebbles have been knocked down, there they were... get back up again. You don't, you don't interrupt the movie phone guy, <laughs> the movie voiceover guy. Okay, I'll drop that. Um, hey everybody, welcome to Total Pebble Knockdown. I am Nathan. I am Alex, and Nathan does a very bad movie impersonator. In a in world a where I could be a movie announcer. I don't... That's how Darth Vader's voice is made. In a movie bucket. where Darth Vader just sounded like this. That would have movie. And Luke needed a new father. All right. Luke does need a new father. <laughs> Luke, I'm not paying child support. Anyways. Okay, so... <laughs> On the show today, we're starting with a week. No, we're not. We're starting with a soapbox uh, on this episode because um, a weekly soapbox. We're starting with a musical soapbox. Uh, so uh, there's there's a trend going on, and I wanted to discuss it a little bit about uh, movies and television shows that are taking their inspiration not from comics or books or you know other mediums that they have in the past, but more and more are taking them from video games. I'm sure you've noticed that, Alex. I try not to consume media. Okay, so maybe you have been kind of holed up in a box and not talking. I go, oh, look, The Witcher is a show. Yeah. Yeah, And then I don't is. watch it. Oh, look, Halo has a show, which I didn't hear about till recently and didn't care about. It is. Oh, and look, they made a Sonic movie. They made two which, Sonic movies. Which apparently turned out pretty good. Uh, Detective Pikachu looked interesting. Detective Pikachu? I have I have watched Apparent Detective Pikachu. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't consume that type I, of media typically, though. I, I, I also just watched an Uncharted movie that was I based on the Uncharted I forgot they made franchise. that. I, a lot of people apparently did. Um... And, uh, and the thing about it is is that I didn't really want to sit here and criticize the fact that it's it's a bad idea, because I don't necessarily think it is, but... Except it's a bad idea. <laughs> I think it is an ill-advised idea. I think it's one thing if it's a cartoon show, for instance. Sure. Like, Super Mario Brothers had a TV show. Oh, yeah. Or, they, they also had a cartoon. They also had a cartoon. <laughs> and that, that was fine in the age it was from and Sonic obviously had a cartoon which is fine in the age it was from um, but movies and live action shows hit a little different right uh, and you, there was that Mario movie I was going to say do you remember the Super Mario Brothers live action movie they did I never watched it but the what the you've never watched it it oh, is I a am masterpiece <laughs> Mario Mario and Luigi Mario? Yeah, <laughs> <No>. it is. <laughs> Nathan, you it. need 
You need to find it and watch it, and we need to have a Saturday special where we talk about this movie. Okay. I'll have to rewatch it. It's been years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper is Koopa, right? I don't know. Okay. I don't know actors. Have you ever seen the Super Mario? We're going to have a Super Mario Brothers, the movie, watch date sometime. Great. And it's going to be just as bad as you. We'll have a watch party. Great. No, no. Just her and I. You can watch it by yourself. Oh. My couch is only so big. <laughs> Fair enough. You could do a back-to-back. That and what was it? The um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Was that the one? That, no, no. We're not gonna... Um, no. But no. Super Mario Brothers is worth a watch. For reasons um, that are not necessarily great. I don't rightfully remember how bad it is, but Fair. I know it was fairly bad. Sure. As far as movies are concerned, sure. but like, I think it was still entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe that's I, that could be twenty years ago of age. You know speaking. what? I'm, the... I'm sure our audience is going to chime in. Oh yeah, I assume it's, they've seen it. It's more than twenty years, but the point is there. There is that. Uh, I'm I have fond memories, uh, even though I knew that it was very kitsch about like the Tomb Raider films like the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider films, even though they were kind of ridiculous in some respects, but they seemed to be having fun with it, so I was, like, going along with it. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched the Uncharted movie, and I thought the Uncharted movie was okay, even though it was based... Well, I mean, it was it was basically Indiana Jones. But, yeah, <laughs> it was basically Indiana Jones. I think that the problem a lot of filmmakers seem to get into when they're making television shows and movies off of video games is they're like, well, this is a really popular video game franchise. We're going to make it into a movie because then it's going to be a popular movie. Not realizing that video games and movies are different things. They are very different in how people consume them, how people Mm -hmm. look at them. Uh, Video games are an interactive medium. They have a a specific investment where the player is part of the world that they are inhabiting. Movies are a passive experience where you are watching a screen and the screen is is informing you of the storyline as you're going along. And the thing about it is, is that I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it does change the way people interact between these two things. I can't just, I can't just take the video game. They tried this with like things like Doom, where it's like, okay, when I'm playing Doom, I'm the Doom Slayer and I've got the shotgun and I'm going around and the demons of hell are popping up all over the place. When they did the movie though, there was a whole part in the movie where it was like they tried to show you behind the camera where you're like in the first person perspective as if you're playing Doom, but you're not controlling the movie. You're just watching uh, the action on screen of them doing the game part and that's very very different (laughs) yeah that's weird it's a different experience um but even when they try different projects it's like i just said like the uncharted because let's face it the uncharted games basically did take a lot from the adventure genre of like indiana jones so it makes sense it makes yeah. sense that they can translate that back to the Nathan Drake and, and going on an expedition and trying to find these these uh, buried ships and, and Spanish gold and whatever. And like, okay, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, you can't just do it for everything, though. <laughs> it's it's not can't the... you? Well, there's been a lot of people that have tried to make fighting games into movies. 
I was uh, just thinking in my head, why haven't they tried to make Devil May Cry a movie? I mean, they probably will at some point. I hope not, because what's, like, for instance, with this one, what's fun about Devil May Cry is that you're playing Dante. Mm. So you're like, oh yeah, my character is a smarmy asshole. Right. Um, right. But you get to have the fun and do the things that he does and be cool and stylish. Watching that as a movie takes something away from the experience would take a lot out of the experience yeah absolutely. like watching a someone play the game is different because they're commenting on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as they do it too sure and conversing with you but watching just that yeah weird it, it is um the, the, and i think that this is where you kind of get into the things that are going to work and the things that don't seem to work um like, I never really focused on Mario for the storyline, let's face it. Uh, it was not a story-rich game. It was, an, it, was, it was a platformer. It was about pulling off these maneuvers and the gameplay. The gameplay was central to a Mario it, title. It was about the performance, Nathan. Mario okay. is a play. I do know this. Shigeru Miyamoto has talked about that. The, the characters that are in Mar- Mario, Bowser, all of them, they are essentially actors on the stage, which is why they can be in different kinds of... But none of those should have been movies. Like, no. none, of, none of those actors... <laughs> the Bowser should not have been in the movie. See, uh, now I want Shige- Shigeru Miyamoto to make a pl- uh, Mario screenplay. Yeah, d- do it as a play. It's actually, like... Like, just the screenplay, even if it's for a movie, but, like, in the actual game world universe. Like, this is something that would be a thing they do. That would be a lot better than the Super Mario Brothers movie they made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. And, uh, I mean, they could lay it out just, like, in Paper Mario, where the where the curtains go back, and it's on the actual... I mean, there were curtains in theater. Super Mario Brothers 3 as well. Oh, that's The true. opening of the screen came up with the curtain. With the curtain, so, yeah, because well, that's how it's built. Up. Yeah, but or when, the, but whenever they start talking about um, doing either like a Metroid movie or a Zelda movie, uh, there's a reason why Zelda, people no. get very, very worried about that because that's they not did a, how those function. They did a Zelda uh, cartoon; it did poorly. Do you remember that like old Zelda game that they did for what the Magnavox or whatever it was? No. The, yeah, but they they voiced. Zelda in uh, 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 Link in that. You don't one. voice Link. No. Oh, maybe that was it. Was the cartoon for the game? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. The the poorly drawn one. Yeah. 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 Um, Samus, same thing. Samus Aran. I don't know if she translates all that well to a movie format. Uh, she's she's kind of better as the silent protagonist that goes in and shoots a bunch of of alien Metroids in space yeah um, but they people would watch that for the same reason they watched tomb raider yeah i understand that um but there was remember though while we're on the subject of when they tried to voice link there was that game the other m where they gave samus a voice and instantly she was less interesting <laughs> because there was because what they did is they decided like in previous metroid games you know she was kicking ass and taking names she it's no nonsense we're we're on a mission to stop Ridley and Craid and Mother Brain, all of them. And we're on a mission to do that. And when they did Other M, they had a whole storyline, basically, where she was 
uh, going through, she couldn't use parts of her arsenal because some commander dude that she used to work for, that she doesn't even work for anymore because she's a bounty hunter, told her, I'd prefer if you didn't because we're trying to take care of the situation. (laughs) And she just kind of like went along with it and was like, all right, I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. (laughs) It's like, what did you do to Samus? <laughs> Don't do this to my girl. And I was just, I, I, the whole time I was, I was like, it, you, I, I, I think, I think that this just loses so much in translation for these characters because it's not, because when you're playing the game and you're playing as Samus, you're like, this is badass. And yeah. then when they get to the cutscenes where you're watching her make bad decisions, <laughs> you're like, this doesn't translate well. And unfortunately, a lot of times, movies and television shows, when they translate this over, will also have the characters make pretty stupid decisions um, that that don't seem to make good character choices. Yeah. Um, um, see, I was thinking here now, <clears throat> where... See, that doesn't seem to translate so well with t- uh, with video games and movies. Yeah. But on the other hand, Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop, oh, yeah. that type of stuff, tends to translate pretty well in a lot of cases. Maybe because it's open-ended and it's character-driven? Probably because it's more character-driven. Yeah. Uh, and and you don't necessarily have to have like Dungeons and Dragons will have some characters that are kind of legendary characters in the you know game, but if you're just talking about like creating an adventuring party, every adventuring party is going to be different. So you can practically build that from the ground up anyway. If you're building yeah. the characters for a movie or a show or anything like well, that. Well, like Lord of the Rings is an adventuring party. Oh yeah, yeah, and it here's your quest. Go do it. And, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the, what happened with D&D and, and the, you know, structure there came out of Lord of the Rings, too. It sure. definitely did. But, um, but I've been watching, like, a couple, the television shows are a big part of this now. They take the, you know, format of a game, uh, and they turn it into uh, a television show. Uh, maybe because they think the movies are going to be faster, the television shows you have more time that you can, like, do it episodically. Um, And that, I think, works occasionally if you understand the basic material and storyline. Like, The Witcher seems to work pretty well. You know, I watched it. A lot of people did. They enjoyed it, knowing that there were originally books before it was a video game. But I don't think without the video game you get the television series. It didn't really become popular until then. But more than that is, like, they kind of understood who Geralt was and who Yennefer was. And they kind, they kind of understood those characters and thought that they would flesh that out and those relationships and Siri and all of that. Um, I'm watching Halo, too. And um, if... Like, I think it's okay. Like, I'm I, like I'm with it. I'm sticking with it until I see where the end here is here. But it's very obvious that the problem people have with it is that it doesn't seem to really understand who the characters were from right. the games. Uh, Master Chief is, like, John is more often out of uniform than in uniform. He's that usually, doesn't happen at all. 
Exactly. That's <laughs> and, and and I understand it. Like it's kind of hard to have character development with somebody who's continuously in the green in the green in, armor. in a suit of titanium armor. Exactly. But there's much more time where he and the other Spartans, because they have like Silver Team and all of them, are not in any kind of armor at all. They're just out of costume, out of suit. But I think the biggest problem is I'm like eight episodes in. No one has been to the Halo. I'm you like, know, I'm like the fucking game start <laughs> on the Halo. It's you like, gotta start in media res. Well, the th- they've they've been leading up to it this entire time, and I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. You're talking you about you're talking you about lead up to it. Yeah, you're you're talking about Madrigal and the people that were trying to fight against the UNSC and break free of the free colonies and. Uh, about what happens with the Cortana program and control. Listen, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any, and I don't know anything about this show yeah. because I don't care. Right, <clears throat> right. But I think the way you fix it is you start in media res. You start yes during guns blazing. Yeah, you you open up the entire series guns blazing, like coming into a, a firefight, killing some elites, something like that, and then you take it back to the briefing of your mission. What's what's interesting is they at least they did one thing for you, Alex. The very beginning of the show, they're on Madrigal. They're on the planet Madrigal in a colony. Everyone's sitting around. The Covenant attacks starts disintegrating everybody. Elites are down on the ground and there's this giant battle set piece between the uh, elites and like Silver Team Master Chief. And they're they're and it's just like a probably a five minute or ten minute long action set piece. At which point, afterward, they go Halo, and the opening credits show after that whole thing. It's not in media res though, because they directly go to the aftermath of it. What they really could have done that would have been useful is if they started the whole damn show with that part at the end of the first game where you're in the warthog and running away from the collapsing facility that's being blown up behind you shooting everything that you possibly can as everyone runs away and then you'd be kind of like going wait how did we get here um and then you but then of course you start on the halo much better for something like that to start towards the end of something and then it's like five months prior yeah and then it's like how did we get here how did yeah. we get here i want to know how we got here exactly. what happened to lead to this because then you're suddenly invested from the get-go you're like no no i'm interested because this is interesting right so like as somebody who's played the games i'm like on a slow drip here where like oh the covenant's attacking oh oh that's a jackal it's the first time i've seen the jackals here and the grunts okay the grunts oh look the brutes showed up eventually like, and it's but it's it's like the slow drip like there has not been a point yet in the, and the season is almost over it's got to be where one they have made allusions to having a vision of halo but as, as i said no one has gotten to halo or seems even near halo um Flood hasn't showed up at all. And I kept thinking to myself, my god, the original game was episodic. You could have just made every episode of the show based on each episode of the first (laughs) game right up until the climactic end of that. 
Um, and instead, you kind of focused on like the scientists that were behind the scenes and the military stuff that was going on behind the scenes that gets you to the ring in the first place, which I think is the missed opportunity. It's Halo Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's Halo Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There you go. I haven't go. seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just assume it's that formula. I've seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I feel, honestly, side note, I feel bad for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because it was, they did everything that they possibly could considering there was a continually changing landscape of the MCU that they had to work inside of. <laughs> Like, like every time something happened in the MCU, they didn't necessarily have actors for it, but they had to modify their storyline so that it could incorporate the stuff that was going on every time a new movie happened. Uh, it's, yeah, it, I, I feel sad. For, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> they, they tried. Alternate timelines, guys. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of established that that's a thing now. If only, if only the multiverse of madness had happened while Agents of Shield was going on, they could have just gone and done their own thing without having to worry about it. Anyways, but, um, anywho, um, the point I'm trying to get to is that if you have games that are very narrative heavy and they really do focus on storyline, that's a cohesive like through line narrative. You can translate that easier to film than you can for ones that are very action or gameplay heavy it becomes a lot easier. Uh, but if you do want to do that with something like a Halo, make it an action set piece. Make it something that is going to really focus and emphasize the things people liked about the game. Because whether or not you're trying to get people invested in this world or not, chances are the people that played the game are going to be interested in the movie or the television show based on it, and they're going to be your base for finding out if there's anything viable there for a series. Yeah. So, um, just... Or, or a trick is use a, a very story-heavy game like The Witcher and not an action game like Halo. Like Halo, right. Um, or Super Mario Bros. I think this is the reason I want to talk about it is because there is something that is going to be coming down the pike in the next year or so that does no. wor does worry me a little bit. There is going to be a television series based on Fallout. No. Uh, yes. Alex, it is happening. Sorry. Why? Good point. I hope it's based on Fallout 76. I, I, here's the thing. I don't even know what if it's going to be based on any of the games. Uh, if it's going to be any of the wastelands that we're familiar with. And I don't know if I want it to be, honestly. Because if it's going um, to be based on the capital wastelands, the Mojave, the Commonwealth, I'm going to constantly make comparisons to why it did or did not work. <laughs> and if they try someplace completely different, maybe I won't worry about that it. Sounds, I, don't, I don't think that sounds good. I don't know how they make it work. That's the problem. They just... They're trying to capitalize on zombies in a post-apocalypse, I'm sure. Ghouls. Ghouls, I tell zombies. you. Ghoul zombies. Well, I guess we'll have to find out what that entails at a later date. I'll probably watch it at some point and probably have my head in my hands the entire time about why they did this to me. That's like trying to make Elder Scrolls a television show. Honestly, if they're gonna do a Fallout series... Yeah. show my best guess is it would fall in the realm of new vegas and the mojave if they were smart because it starts off with a bang and it never lets go like you could you could actually have episodes that made sense for every single part of that 
Sure, they don't have to follow the game itself, but I think that setting would do well. It's pretty well developed, and there's a lot going on. As a post-apocalyptic, like, western setting, that's very popular, too. People, um, people like that kind of thing. Plus, it could be like, you know, the fight for New Vegas could happen. Oh, yeah. And you've got Teaser's Legion, and all the other parties involved. Maybe you could be, like, following Benny, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to follow the courier. You shouldn't follow the courier. No. But maybe, like, a series for Fallout, based on the Mojave, where you follow around Benny and his crew. Oh. That would be interesting. Oh, or this this would actually be interesting. If they're going to do New Vegas, you follow around Ulysses. The general? Uh, no, the courier that came before you. Oh, I didn't know they who they were. Um, I think Benny would be better, because, yeah. you know, he's kind of like a, a thug that's true you know? that, that's true. and then it could lead up to the death of the courier and it would be like oh. big brain yeah i um the, the reason i only say ulysses is because uh there's a thing really early on where you realize that ulysses specifically decided to decline the package for the platinum chip so that courier six could carry it which is you and so the a lot of what that storyline is, though, is fleshed out in the DLC. But gotcha. Right up until the very end, where a huge portion of like the courier's specific story intertwines with Ulysses' personal story, gotcha. which kind of wraps that up. But yeah, sure, do that, or just have a whole thing that they'll probably end up doing, which is just the um, the interpolitical system of the NCR. There you go. Perfect. And on that note, speaking of wrap-ups, I think we've talked enough about not making video games into movies. In a world don't. where you constantly see Master Chief's face. Read the room, folks. <laughs> Hollywood, know your source material <laughs> before you make something. So, uh, now that we've gotten that out of our system, uh, I thought that uh, we could do a little bit of a crit think, Alex. How does that feel? My brain. Your brain? It throbs. Okay. I have, I have a crit think question for you, though. Um, and it, it is revolving around um, what we could do to incorporate one of our old characters into the next campaign. And um, you're referring to, like, tabletop, I assume? We're talking about tabletop, yeah. That's easy. You uh, just take your character and go on a new adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you take the son of the adventure. No, you take the actual character. And you just do a new... An, you do another yep. one? Yep. You just be like, all right, adventure number two. I don't know if that'll actually work. It depends on if you're doing a brand new campaign with new characters. You get to the or... you get to the end of your campaign. You are a demigod. There's like no more like character upgrades that you could possibly do. And then you just retire for a little while. You come back and they're going new levels, <laughs> and you just keep on going up. So um, alternate versions of the same character. Uh, oh, you could do the evil version. Put a mustache on him. Yeah, put a mustache on him. Perfect. Uh, here's here's the. So let me give you the example that I was thinking about. The scenario sure. that I was thinking about. Okay. Um, as you probably remember, I played nope. a teenage mutant ninja turtle named Rembrandt. Yes. 
everyone is aware. Anyway, Rembrandt, at one point in the story, this is very well known, got these Githyanki sabers. Mm-hmm. We're aware of that. He eventually I'm aware en- of this. Yeah. He eventually ended up trapped in a Technicolor Hell dimension, so we really don't know what happened to him after that. But he had those sabers. Here's the thing. I was considering a character for another campaign where I played a gif that was trying to track down sabers that were stolen by some giant ass turtle <laughs> and trying to find them <laughs> as the reference point that would inform the next character's story arc, essentially. Um, so that's kind of like what I'm thinking about. Like the, the idea of stuff that your character did and where where they went informing who your characters are going to be and what they do in the next campaign if you want to do a continuation of a storyline from the world they built. Well, part of that requires the idea that your characters are inhabiting the same world or the Great. same multiverse, yeah. for instance. And like with my old games that I would run, I did have an interconnected world where, you know, my king character, my NPC... Uh, Rexall, yep. Death Dice. <laughs> We're aware. Because his name is great. Death um, Dice, yeah. Uh, Rexall, you know, was a constant throughout the campaign. Sure. Or the multiple campaigns, because they all took place in the same world. Okay. Um, yep. And so, that's one thing. But if you're playing different games with different GMs, perhaps, or different quests, and you may not be in the same world, so that could be a lot tougher. Got um, But... If we're going to go with the assumption that you're playing characters that all exist in the same universe, okay, now we have a lot more room to work with. You could sure. be like, for instance, Rembrandt. Yeah. Maybe he's got three other Ninja Turtle brothers. And you have to fight them. <laughs> no, and you could be his brothers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Since you got Rembrandt, I assume one would be uh, Da Vinci, maybe? I think we're going with Da Vinci, maybe Klimt or, or something. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I don't know. I cannot remember Michelangelo's last name because it's Italian. It's uh, Michelangelo Da Vinci. <laughs> you could do, like, Galileo. Oh, uh, Alighieri, isn't it? I don't remember. Hold, please. Anyway, you could have, well, while you look that up, basically, you could have four of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, I can tell you, though, canonically, he, he wouldn't, but maybe they had some. Yeah. Michelangelo di Lodovici Buonarroti Simone. I cannot, I can't say this. That yet. was perfect pronunciation. I'm going to copy paste it, and you can tell me. Okay, you copy paste um, it in, and I will tell you. You, you can read this. You copy paste it. Uh, okay. Michelangelo de Lodovico Buonarroti Simone. Sure. I'm sure that somebody was... in this room here could say that better than I could because they're, you know, they, you know, have a minor in art history. Uh, all I but know, all I know is that it's probably good that we don't have a huge Italian audience or they would be very <laughs> upset with us right now. Um, if we did, too bad. That was horrible Italian. <laughs> I don't know what that was. My and son is my son is twenty five percent Italian. 
everything I learned about Italy, I learned from Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> anyways, anyways. de Firenze. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, so, uh, for instance, with, uh, Rembrandt being a Ninja Turtle, obviously getting references from the Ninja Turtles. Sure. Because you named him after an artist that was not one of the Ninja Turtles. Sure. You could do, like, alright, if you want to go with that themes, you know... Rembrandt probably has three other siblings. Yeah, yeah. And a, a arch nemesis by the name of Shredder. You could call him Greater. Greater. <laughs> <laughs> um, or a rat named Splinter. You could call him like Woodchip. Woodchip, I love Woodchip. <laughs> Master Woodchip. Um, but you know you have character. From that inspiration you already drew for that character, you have other things you could pull from to make characters that, you know, oh, can sure. take from, like, not even just a gift, but like, oh, sure. oh yeah, well, he's got uh, the two sabers, so he'd be like Leonardo. Maybe you're going to make someone that uses a staff. Sure. He actually had a staff. Like, so okay, he had. Okay, well, I don't checks. know what he specialized in. Okay. He had a bow staff originally, so he'd been like Donatello, but I guess with the sabers, he would also be kind of like Leonardo. He could, he could, he could have a boomerang. You could give him an attitude. You could. And make him a Raphael. Side note, could I take the uh, very concept of like the boomerang, but then make it like a ninja star and have it return? Um, That's up to your DM. Okay. There was one other thing that I was considering. There was another character that I wanted to make that also kind of went along with it in a little less of a, you know, reference nerd culture kind of thing. But Rembrandt trained at Sunscale Academy, which I had uh, imagined as like this former golden dragon roost that was up in the mountains that, uh, sure. that, that masters of monkdom essentially trained different students in that were very talented and so there was another character that i was looking to play called valkyrie and she was an aarakocra that was studying the the sun soul line and she was also from that academy i mean you can absolutely make characters that have a similar background tie-in yeah to doesn't have to be character tie-in but say you said the sun scale academy it's like, yeah, I have another character. You could flesh that specific thing out with another character who went there. And then you can sure. use your characters to flesh out this place to help world build. Sure, sure. So I kind of thought that as a nice little exercise, we talked about, you know, Rexall. We talked a little bit about Rembrandt. But I was kind of thinking about how this would apply to other characters that I've played. Uh, so I thought that I would mind palace that a little bit during the crew. Oh, sure. Thing. We're um, gonna see where this goes. We're gonna see where this goes. Uh, how how do these characters end up getting, uh, you know, getting placed into the world after their time has passed? Uh, so the uh, next one that I had played after Rembrandt was in the uh, the 1879 game, and that would have been Dr. Ferris McFly. And uh, Dr. Ferris McFly, as you probably are not aware. Um, was basically an inventor. He was considered a weird scientist, and he would make these inventions uh, that that were, you know, guns and shields and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So one of the aspects that would have been more long-term for him, though, 
is when he went back to London and collected his money from the South American expedition, he uh, he bought, or I should say, he he rented out a warehouse space to build a workshop, which he called the Danger Zone, and yes. and he hired a few people to make stuff. Actually, I think the thing that they, he was trying to mass produce was this. A portable tandoori smoker that he invented while he was in South America uh, to see if he could make a bunch of those with some scrap. Um, I could see, even though he's on other expeditions and stuff, the danger zone as a touch point if you had other characters that ended up in London or have the like the uh, Smiths that he hired be uh, touchstone characters. Uh, Goose and Iceman, and I can't remember who the other one was, but uh, I gave them all fun nicknames that were that were based on a movie. Uh, but uh, I was thinking that that might be a good touchstone part, especially if I made a whole thing where he um, he defaulted on rent payments and now it's up for sale or something. Because <laughs> he wasn't very good with money anyway, but uh, but uh, the idea that that could actually be a touchstone. Uh, and we could have uh, characters that go there and get uh, get maybe their supplies from some of the stuff that he left behind because he had to carry light. Um, go back to the danger zone as as a touchstone for something that he did in the world, even if he's not necessarily in it. And you could use that as a jumping off point or a story point for sure, the next you character. Could always, you know, you can always find a way to tie it back in, like. Your GM specifically could find a way to tie it back in if they wanted to make it a callback, for instance. Sure. Oh yeah, you you come to this place. It's got a sign that says "Danger Zone," but the danger zone is crossed out and it says "For Sale." <laughs> for sale, absolutely. And then you could inquire. You know, you could have your character inquire, "What is up with this uh place for sale?" Like, well, if you read the signs, like, um, the the listing, as you will, it's a former workshop uh, of this person maybe sure. give a little history of the person if they want mm. um, they haven't been back in months uh, the rent is past due we're looking for anyone who wants to take this over there's the business sure. like all the stuff that's inside uh, from when they left can be sold off or whatever sure Sure. You have like storage wars, but it's for the danger. Zone. Yeah. That's great. It's 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 an unsealed You start your story. Ooh, that's fun. You start your story as the person who sight unseen has bought this workshop. And the contents inside. And all they see are half built tandoori smokers. Just the half built tandoori smokers and a, a, a like an alligator style like shield that's over on over on the side. Um, he would have taken his deployable shield with him, but the, 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 the one he made out of alligator leather, he probably left on the wall as a status symbol. Um, so something fun like that. Uh, I thought that that would be fun for like a Victorian England kind of setting. Sure. We can go with that. Um, okay. A snowball. So... <laughs> So one of the lasting legacies, I think, of Snowball was that there was the whole Hoof and Horn Detective Agency, which, depending on the version that you have, either he founded or possibly did found, but then also is just employed there because somebody else owns the business. 
there's re- there's really no saying that you couldn't just build another monster character that also worked for the Hoof and Horn Detective Agency or or a rival agency that keeps coming across the Hoof and Horn Detective Agency. Sure, you could be the person uh you could work for the person who wants to buy out the Hoof and Horn Detective Agency from Mr. Pugsley or who got bought out by it. Perhaps your boss is Snowball. Sure. Perhaps oh. you find Snowball dead. <laughs> oh my god, no. Somebody no, murdered can't. Snowball and no. you need to find out why. No. It's a whodunit. I don't like th- I don't like this. I don't like this. Rainbow unicorn blood this, everywhere. This is the worst timeline. This, like, <laughs> can you imagine that? Poor Snowball laying down, got the Deerstalker cap on, and there's a rainbow blood thing trail. Yes. <laughs> Just a rainbow blood trail. Coming on, it's like, oh no, they shoot unicorns, don't they? <laughs> oh, no. And the horn is cut off. Oh no, they took his copper horn. <laughs> they no. melted the horn. They melted the horn down. No, this is the worst timeline. Okay, I'm thinking. I'm thinking though. Though uh, I don't like that at all. Let's not do that. <laughs> Uh, I don't like it's that okay. At all. It's really just a do- a body double for later. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You just it's, it's a minor illusion. It's or a major, major illusion. illusion. Yeah, it's a major. It's illusion. a body double. It's a it's a Trojan it's a, unicorn. <laughs> Snowball was a doppelganger the whole time. It was just. <laughs> Remember that really stupid movie called Face Off where John Travolta and Nick Cage faces? <laughs> it's I try that. not to. It's that. We have him and his rival, the Nightmare, that we, I was talking to James Amato about. We do that. We do those. And it switched. Better idea that's not nearly as disturbing and tragic. We do this, like, a long time in the future where the Hoof and Horn Detective Agency has been abandoned. And somebody is coming in to, like, wade through the cobwebs and take on their old cases that they never solved. Like, where Snowball went. It's the... Damn it. It's the... <laughs> it's it's like the X-Files, Alex. Remember? Like, in the X-Files... It's the X-Files. It's the X-Files. The unexplained... That There was that whole thing where, they, like, yeah, the unexplained files, we didn't have any more space in you, so we put them in X. That was the whole thing in the X-Files. That's why they became that. You go and you wade through the files and you start picking up the cold cases from the Hoof and Horn Detective Agency. It it's all deals with the, dis- uh, the disappearance of Snowball. Absolutely. And then you find Snowball was murdered. Exactly. I'm just leading it all back to that. <laughs> In every timeline, the Snowball... The prime suspect is Nightmare, but it's not Nightmare. Uh, that's tragic. Nightmare's the mayor or something. Yeah, the mayor. mayor. <laughs> May I say you're mayor, mayor. You enjoy. That's fun. Let's imagine that there's a timeline where Snowball does not die. It's the only timeline. I said so. So anyway. So there's Thanos snap. Yeah, he said, yeah. All of a sudden, where'd, where'd Snowball go? Someone found a cute gauntlet with a bunch of stones in it. It's a great fashion accessory, and it can blink you out of existence. Anyway, so I think that actually would have left led me up to uh, Max, and I, I obviously I'm still playing Max, so I don't really know what happens to him. Um, but I would kind of imagine that, considering he's supposed to be a very famous musician, uh, people might have heard stories about him at some point. No, never mind. 
well into the future, because he's an old gnome at this point, but if, well into the future, there is, of course, the possibility that they would find his instruments, and maybe they would become the new Max Jaguar. Uh, maybe. They, they become the cover artist for Max Jaguar. <laughs> and they become the BCEC cover band. <sighs> How about you? What like Hephaestus actually did have a little bit of like uh, presence after he died? No, he didn't. Uh, I made a new character. Okay, which had nothing to do with Hef. So he didn't. So he didn't really pop up back. Like, did his storyline have anything to do with what happened in that campaign afterward? Though. Uh, yeah, the other character got him resurrected. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so I played a uh, solo with a noble warlock, uh, Balok Hexenblade. Gotcha. Or Hexenbard, I think is what his name was. He was a Hexblade. Um, and Balok, I played for a little bit, and then our stories reconverged because David at the time was doing a one on one with me and a one on one with Bo, and Bo's character was going about doing stuff I didn't know what he was doing and I still don't really know what he did but I know that what he did is he brought Hef's body to a place to get him brought back to life oh okay which could have ended up a couple different ways but the role was in my favor and I came back in my own body and wasn't reincarnated in a different body gotcha gotcha so <laughs> so, um, so if you if you picked up the game world that you were in and that world yeah, that world. Oh. But you had a different character. How would Hef actually factor into that? Is there something that Hef did during that time or anything that I mean, made sense to the storyline? Yeah, they dethroned a fucking tyrant. So there's that. We killed Hitler. <laughs> you <laughs> For all intents and purposes. And purposes. Oh my goodness. Oh, um, you were no, the Stoffenberg um, of the story. <laughs> the the BBEG in that game was our other character's, like, half-brother, sure. I think, that he never knew he had, mm. um, who hated anyone that was not, like, pretty much human. Yeah. None of the... So any mon monstrous races. Yeah. Um, so orcs, half-orcs, half-elves half elf count in this sense he he didn't like any of the non-pure pure races oh, so yeah. he was like yeah we're just gonna murder them all so we we went around and helped the resistance and murdered him oh very good literally we're the ones who killed him well considering what Shump and Hef were a dragon born in a half orc I imagine they had a vested interest in this I mean yes we also were imprisoned twice by them and turns out uh Shump's mother uh was his mother or something father's I think his father was this uh -huh. guy's father um, oh so that guy kind of hated the part of him that had orc blood in him oh or well, that's... something I don't remember entirely but mm. but point of that is yeah the entire city structure was completely obliterated because we got rid of the old government Oh, okay. By force. So, if you built a new character, it could be uh, picking up what was left uh, 
after the after basically the entire the entire power structure implodes. Yeah, it could have been like a, a human. Let's let's say we are a human character who's coming to terms with the fact their city uh, is no longer a place of extreme racial inequality. Sure. And there's an influx of all these um, monstrous races. Oh, now sure, that it's, sure. you know, safe for them. And it could be not that they're against it. It's just it's different. It's yeah. so different from what they're used to. How do you, how do you, you know, make that work with the new... It's how do you, how do you in- reintegrate you into a, that society where yeah. there are half-orcs and gnomes and elves and Minotaurs just live there now. Sure, it's like, okay, this is all new to me. Suddenly, yeah. our government's overthrown and all these things that we were told were monsters are moving in sure it's you, know, uh, you could have a character like that yeah it's similar to <clears throat> imagine like the original trilogy star wars uh and then where you start like the sequel trilogy it's like yeah. the, the empire fell and then there was this period like before the first order came around uh and there's the, like that that middle part that's that's in there uh after afterward after the emperor we thought was dead (laughs) yeah so i think for me if i were to be in that universe again it'd be interesting for for after the fall of uh i don't even remember his name the lord um after his fall after the resistance has won Mm. and the city's rebuilding uh after being pretty much in siege uh you know that type of character where you're coming into a, a brand new world essentially that would be interesting to me yeah that sounds like a so it's it's not that the character has anything to do with Hephaestus himself mm-hmm. but it's the results of stuff that character did in that sure. world that changed that world that you're dealing with and I think yeah. that is also a good way to do that yeah um in terms of some of the things that I've thought about for you know just anyone out there who might be listening for their campaigns is uh, one of the, the thought processes I had was imagine you're a typical adventuring party and after you leave a town, everything is on fire because this does seem to happen quite a bit. Um, yes. You, you might Especially end up, when you light the town on fire. Especially when you light the town on fire. You know, and it probably happened at a bar and that's, uh, that's fine. It starts at a tavern. Everything starts at a tavern. The tavern gets set on fire. Everything else catches because it's started a game once that way. Yeah. The tavern on fire. That's fun perfect um i imagine that it would be a pretty interesting idea if you had a campaign where you were an adventuring party trying to track down the former adventuring party that had set the town on fire and we're trying to get them to to (laughs) we're trying to track them down because uh uh uh-oh you did a bad thing that's fun to a point except then you realize that you're really just doing the if you follow them you're really just reliving the same adventure you just went on yeah. I think it'd be more fun to do with a party of players uh, who weren't in the last adventure for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because then you get the the first adventure goes through and they set all these fires. And then these new players come through and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Why are all these towns on fire? Yeah. And they actually don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. And th- th- then, then you're trying to figure out, hey, why is everything burned down here? You don't even need previous context for that. You could just nope. do a campaign where you just imagine a bunch of adventures. It's it's like that sketch that they did, I think, on College Humor, where the where the hero 
the hero just goes into random houses and just flips over all of the the uh, chests and the drawers and stuff and takes out shirts and just leave. and the people that are in the houses are like yeah okay yeah oh you want that shirt it doesn't even fit okay fine you take it kind of like what happens in every uh, you know RPG that you play where you just randomly go into houses it or you just go into a house and break pots you just go into a house, you break a bunch of pots, you, you break over the table, you take off the, the, the sweet rolls off the table, and people just kind of go, oh, yeah, adventures came through. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Oops. Mm. Oh, well. Um, I don't know. I think that it's an interesting idea to be thinking about when it comes to what happened once upon a time and then working off of that. I just, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the entirety of your game, though. It can just be, like, a, a touchstone point, either a, a jumping-off point or something to add a little bit more flavor for uh, your character. But this is a crit think, so uh, I am going to pass the question on to everybody else. Uh, one of your characters, how do they factor into the next campaign? Hey, I got it in one this time. Good so. job. Proud of you. Yay. All right. We're really getting good at this. One day, we'll even have a catchphrase. We'll even have a catchphrase. <gasps> in the next campaign, we figure out what our catchphrase was. For in the, the next podcast. In the next podcast, we figure out the catchphrase for this. See you in five years. Five years. We'll have a new catchphrase for the old show. So... Alex, I've got a, a games you didn't think we'd play. Uh, I thought you'd play it. You thought I'd play it eventually? I did. It's a Farming Simulator 2022. Hey, look at that. Uh, I was actually surprised that you had played it because I, I think you were big in farming games. I am big in simulation games sometimes. Ah, so okay. So Farming Sim 2022. Hold on. I have 122 hours played. I hope you've been able to farm something good. Yes, did you lots have? of uh, soybeans. Soy, sorghum. And actually, well, no, not soybeans, not sorghum. Got it. Anyways, you can tell me about that, and I'll tell you what I did. Okay, sure. But, I'll, uh, I'll I'll tell you what my uh, early impressions uh, were, because I, I probably were, I'm not that far in. I think that the thing that maybe lost me a little bit, because frankly, I, I did feel a little bit lost. Maybe not grabbed quite as much as you were. Um, I'm not a big fan of the way the interface works. Like Which part of the interface? Um, trying to figure out how to do literally anything. <laughs> Um, like, like there are menus and stuff, but like immediately they drop you down into the world and they're sort of like, yeah, you're here. And here's a few little like hint markers. But I was like, okay, great. Um, where's my farm? Uh, how do I get equipment? What do I grow? Where are my fields? So I will say, I do think the game would benefit from a like story campaign. I was waiting for them to give me some kind of a mission or a, something to start with, you know? No, like there isn't one. It was definitely a little confusing to just jump in like that mm. um, and just like, okay, I guess we're just farming now? I, I guess. I um, I think it would 100% benefit from a story campaign instead of just, it, it, instead of pretty much just sandbox. I was so I mean, waiting for that. <laughs> once you start doing stuff and you're like, all right, cool, it's 
fun if you are into yeah. it, but it's also like there's no objectives. Yeah, I was really looking for them to like not just drop me down, but like to say, okay, here's like like let's get you farming, you know? Yeah. Just like a basic quest marker, like, hey, let's start with getting you a field. And then they would tell me where the menu was for the fields, and I could choose one, and I could buy it. And, uh, oh, hey, you're probably going to need this in order to harvest this crop or whatever. These are in season right now. Like, I had to go through, like, maps of, like, what I could even grow in season. Because it's like, hey, there's all these crops. You, can, you can't grow most of them. You yeah. can turn off the seasonal growth. Oh, you can? Yes. I, how the fuck would I have known that? If you go into the options, there's uh, a lot of different things you can turn on yeah. and off. Like, you can turn off needing to lime uh, oh, stones. Great. Uh, you can turn off seasonal growth. Yeah. So you can just grow whatever you want. Um, yeah. I suggest making a bit easier for yourself by doing these things until you're yeah. at least used to it. And even then, it's like, well, how in-depth do you want to get? Yeah, I, I did start to, like... I, I was trying to kind of like work around those those little issues um but i did start to find that like okay i kind of get some of the basics ironically in the time that i spent with farming simulator 2022 i didn't actually do any of the farming like i didn't get to the like i bought fields but i didn't actually do that here's basically what i ended up doing i said to myself okay I don't know how to do the harvesting of the fields. I don't have combines or anything like that so that I can, like, till up the fields. I don't know what the what the procedure is for what I do. One, two, three. It feels like there's a bunch of steps here. Um, but, oh, I can buy, like, buildings. Like, I can buy a supermarket and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, restaurants. Oh, I can bring product there. Um, but, okay, what could I actually grow? So I was like, oh, there, there's greenhouses. I can buy the greenhouses and just start growing some things in the greenhouses. Yeah, you just need water for those. You just need water, which is easy. And then the apiaries, the bee houses. I, I, what I ended up doing, frankly, and maybe I know I'm playing this wrong, but <laughs> I just was like, maybe I could just buy like a whole bunch of bee houses <laughs> you can they're not that profitable though but i do nothing after after i, I mean build yeah them. the greenhouses actually do produce quite a bit uh yeah i guess and they're worth they pay themselves off fairly quickly yeah um but like so here's what we started doing um because ray and i play yeah um or have played we haven't played in a little bit we've been playing no man's sky <laughs> we haven't farmed or hunted in a little bit so we bought a plot up in the corner mm -hmm. and it had a really big field on the side i think i had shown you before okay yeah and that side was all grass like it wasn't a field it was just grass that was sure. wild growing yeah so we had whatever plants were growing there to begin with i think it might have been canola or wheat sure or something so we har we waited until we harvested it and then we were like all right let's try grass we've already got like we had this huge field on the side essentially that was grass mm -hmm. doesn't take anything so we're like all right let's do this and try to like you know gather that up and we were like oh what we started with was was silage got it so we bought the bunkers like two silage bunkers that you should just drive over and compact it 
Sure. And then we mowed all the grass and you dump it in there and you cover it and it ferments. And then afterwards you collect it and you can sell it. Oh, okay. It's a pretty simple procedure. Sure. Grass is super low maintenance. You plant it once. And it just grows yeah. forever. And it, yeah, you don't have to ever replant it. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to try something really easy, Nathan, I would suggest starting with either grass or hay, which is grass as well, but then you get a teeter and let it dry, or silage uh, or silage, and those are really simple crops mm. uh, and simple and really decently profitable. Like, sure, especially if you're just trying to learn how to get the basics of everything going. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy. Um, And then we had eventually our fields are all soybeans and we still have a ton of grass. Our profit on selling uh, silage bales Mm -hmm. is what we do now because it's way easier to collect it in bale and let it do it and then sell the bales. Sure. Um, Our profits are way more because we collect all the silage bales and we get like our trailer can hold 24 and we get like five or six loads of that before we sell it because we only sell it like when it's at its high point on the year okay so we'll we'll make like two on three hundred thousand in silage oh just kind of do that pick it up bale it wrap it let it sit for a couple months okay so I guess what I'm kind of getting at is is it feels like, even from your experience and my experience, the farming part of Farming Simulator is sort of like tangential to the <laughs> to the to what you norm to what you mostly do in the in the game. Like the actual farming of crops part, which is what it's I was kind of there for. Work. Yeah. Yeah, well, so what you can do is is like us with our soybeans, is you know, you have to go through and you you plant it, uh, and you you do all the field prep, and you plant it, and then you wait for it to grow, and yeah. then you harvest it, and then you wait for it to grow. Sure, you know sure. it's it's there's a lot of downtime between, especially if you're playing with like uh, you can set the the time scale to be like a day okay. per month, or like up to like twenty eight days per month, I think. Sure, and then sure. it's like okay. There's a lot of downtime, and I guess what you could do in your downtime is take a lot of contracts. Yeah. If you wanted to. Yeah. I don't but want to. No, it, it, I was looking at what the contracts entailed, and I was like, yeah, this feels like I'm going to buy buying more equipment than I really need to. You just lease this. it. It's fine. You just lease it. Um, you just lease it. But see, I guess what I went into, because like, games like this, uh, sometimes I'll go in with a, a general goal. And so my general goal when I started Farming Simulator 2022, when I started, when I got in there and I saw like stuff you could grow and things like that, I was like, ooh, you know what I'd really like to do? I'd like to have a vineyard. I'll grow grapes and I'll have lots of grape vines and then I'll see if I can make wine out of it. And see, the thing is, is that immediately they were like, you can't grow grapes right now. It is August. This is not when you grow the grapes. Yeah, yeah, you gotta make that setting. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I sat there and I was kind of like going, oh, I feel a little deflated. But then also trying to figure out what am I going to need for equipment? Because they do tell you, like, here's pieces of equipment that are related to the grapes. Yeah, there's, like, you can go in there and it's confusing sometimes because 
There's a lot of equipment. Does this plant and them or harvest them? What does this do? There are tabs in it that are like, all right, this is for grassland care or or vines or an orchard sure. or whatever. And those are nice tabs. But then if you're not in those, everything else is like, what is this? To, what does this do with? So there are definitely a lot of things in there that could use better explanation. Oh, sure. Um, sure. Um, but there, it, there are a lot of things that require better explanation and better descriptions. Because, like, if you're yeah. in the shop looking at the uh, cheap items, the uh, discounted, I think you've seen the, the shop the where there's a discounted yep. uh, trucks and yeah. trailers and all that. Why is it discounted? Equipment. Yeah. It's, it's used. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, this is a thing. Uh, what is it? Yeah, it's like it if be a used? tractor or trailer is okay, but everything else is like, okay, this is a thing. And I'm like, wait, what is this used for? And it doesn't say on it. It's just like, it's a, this is what this is. And I'm like, yes, but tell me up here what this is used for. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't remember this. Yeah. And could I do like easy comparisons? Like, okay, is this going to do a thing? Is this going to do a thing? Can I see the yeah. stats next to them? How does this actually function? Um, so I guess I was a little bit like, and in the one hand, I would have liked a lot more explanation as to how I do things. And in the other way, I would have liked them to make it a lot less obtuse to understand how to get directly into what I was doing. Uh, I, I wanted two different things. I wanted it to be accessible and also more detailed. <laughs> you can have both. Okay. I think one of the pitfalls is that the game expects you to have played the earlier iterations of the game and know uh, what the fuck is going on from the get-go yeah and even there like they have a farming academy like website like here's how to get started and like that is woeful oh yeah why didn't you just put it in the game yeah they should be in the game 100 should be in the game it should be finished it's not finished it's kind of like when they had the old video games where they had to have the instruction manual so that you could figure out how to play the game. It's like, no, we're we're past that. We're past yeah. that. For, um, I should be able to figure it out in the game without having a booklet. <laughs> I kind of want to say when this episode comes out and when the segment comes out, mm. the day after, Saturday, is our live show. Oh, okay. I almost want to say we should play Farming Sim together. Okay, yeah. And we can go over some of the stuff and just kind of have fun and just... I would never actually probably play Farming Sim with you on a serious game because I know how you game a lot of times, not seriously, and you'd probably do a lot of damage to things and it would be atrocious, which I is fine. I love that. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Um, yeah. But I think if we did a, a, a new game and we could um, set it up so it's easier and just kind of like go over some of it and just kind of have fun and sure. farm and plant stuff and whatever. Yeah. Uh, that could be fun. Maybe sure. if you're interested. I have uh, I have it on the PC Game Pass, so I th but I think that it does do cross-platform. I'm on PC. Should be fine, should I imagine. Be fine. Well, we can find yeah. out beforehand, but yeah. Um, we will we'll check and see, but I do I I looked because I was like, "Oh, we might end up doing a cooperative thing," and it did say that it was like a Xbox crossplay uh Okay. Well, I, I assume if it I assume it's fine. If I not, assume. we'll we'll figure it out. Me. Um I don't But know. then we could you could be like, "Here's some questions," and I could be like, "Here's some answers." Oh, yeah. To see if it I think I got spoiled on a lot of other games too because like 
I sat there and thought, oh, maybe this is a realistic version of Stardew Valley. Because in Stardew Valley, it's very much like, I, I guess it's, it's, it's a little bit more like hands-on in terms of the way it's presented to you. Like, you, you swing a pick. I, you know, chop an axe. And I, I cut down the tree. I, I you mean, know, I, if you want to do logging, you can get a chainsaw. Oh, yeah. I did and you see can cut it. down the trees. I did see that I could get the chainsaw. Logging is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, it we've done like some going of to. the getting tree removal because obviously if you buy land and there's trees on it and you want to have bigger fields, you cut down all the fucking trees. Sure. Um, Ray enjoys that. I find it monotonous. <laughs> yep. No, I totally understand. Because um, then you get either the logging truck to put the the big trees into, which then you have to pick them up and put them in it, and that's annoying. Because you have to, like, put them in it accurately. It doesn't help you at all. Yeah. Or you put them in the wood chipper, and even that, it's like, okay, can I pick it up by hand? No. All right, I have to use the claw machine. You have to use the claw machine. I I, I think I would have actually, though, I, Farming Simulator could have learned one or two things just from Stardew Valley, because in that game, they do, like they take your hand for a good portion of that where it's like I come out of my house and they go hey congratulations on being in your farm and here's some turnip seeds and yeah. then they're like here's the equipment you need at the start in order to make that happen and you kind of get a, a an idea you start in at that pattern of okay so I till the land I plant my seed, I water it, and I come back the next day and I water it, and then I get a turnip, and then I can take the turnip and I can put it in the bin and I can get money for my turnip. Yeah, they don't really do anything to in the beginning. I'm, I'm sure you've noticed. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm it's, very aware. It's like, just, here you go. Yeah. It's like, what do, what do I, what's what's going on? What do I do? Yeah. Um, I, I would have been so sad if that was Stardew Valley. It's like they, they just all of a sudden your character's just in the middle of this field with nothing yeah, on I think them. I think what we can do if we play together is sure. um, we'll set up the game. Okay. And we can uh, turn off some of the harder stuff that's more annoying, like the seasonal stuff. We don't even play with that just because fuck that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we can... um probably get like three fields not like three different plots but something where there's like three fields so we can sure. be like oh yeah here's how to do this okay. and give us we can give us enough money to deal with stuff we obviously there's ways to make it so you just don't have to worry about money but then what's the point mm -hmm. um but we can give us enough money to start whatever you want to start got it got it um uh, i've never done grapes i have no idea how they work uh, yeah, I, I don't know either, but I kept thinking to myself, like, that seems like a long-term, like, maybe I wouldn't have to grow them constantly. I would get them into the ground, you, you cultivate them, and then every year I could go around and pick some grapes off the vines. No idea. That seems nope. fun. You use machinery, no hand-picking. No hand-picking. See, that's also something. I, I can't just wander through my grapevines and I, just take I them. do think there should have been more, like, ability to do things on your person. Mm-hmm. Because there was chainsaw, that's about it. Yeah, like um, I kind of, I, I kind of honestly thought to myself, it would be kind of neat if I was just starting out and they just gave me hand tools, and yeah, I just I think started be, growing some. Especially basics. for the smaller stuff, it'd be like cool. I have like a weeder, I have a a, a mower. You can get a, like a, 
a ride-on mower that you can use. You could get a ride-on, but like even if I had the pushy one, that would be okay. Or or just or just the tiller, you know, the one that you stand behind that has like the star bits so that you just like, yeah. till you just till up the soil, something yeah. like that. Just some basic. We'll, we'll start you off gently with some small machines. Although yeah. tractors, you're gonna want to get like a, a medium tractor. I uh, I did have fun playing around with my forklift. They are quite fun. I I don't have a forklift, but I do have uh, a tractor with forks on the front. Oh yeah, um, and we use that for general purpose tractory things. I might I might have flipped my tractor off. Uh, my, that happens. My my, my uh, forklift. It got hung up on uh, the ground. The terrain mm-hmm. editor part of it is also a little confusing. I always felt like everything was depressed too much. <laughs> like I have to drive up hills, but. But uh, I, I pulled it out of the parking lot where I got it, and there's this little dip before it gets to the street, and my tongs were down, and I did this, and then all of a sudden my forklift goes like, like <laughs> straight up. Yeah, it does that sometimes. And, and I'm like, okay, now how do I get past this? Uh, I got to I gotta do some maneuvering to get it out yeah. of this state. We can just show you our farm, and then make you have, and then get a new farm for you. I don't think we're gonna do that. No. <laughs> I will definitely mess up your plans for the farm. Yeah, yeah, you will. If you've ever heard the phrase, bought the farm, it's We did buy the farm, and we've expanded our farm quite a bit. That's right. And then all of a sudden you wonder what happened to your farm. It's like, where did all the bees go? Oh, don't worry. There will... My farm will only be all bees all the time. It's just nonstop bees. Well, if you're going to do bees, you got to do, like, canola. Mmm, okay. So I just ended up with pallets of honey. Then just yep. drive the path. I had a whole thing where it was just like, okay, I made all these bees, and I put a thing down, and I had the supermarket, and just take my, just constantly just take the forklift, pick up the honey pallet, move it over here, have the supermarket take it, coat bag here, ooh, got more honey, and <laughs> just keep, keep moving it over here. And it's like, if this were profitable, this would be terrific. Yeah, Good. honey is not. It's only <laughs> profitable when you sell it when the price is high. Yeah. Um, and even then, it's still not a lot of money. Too bad, because honey's usually a relatively expensive item. <laughs> like, I mean, realsies. I mean, in the money amount you get it, yeah, it's expensive. You get a good money amount of money for the honey. Like compared to what you need to buy things, it's not expensive. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like w- when we do our honey runs, we have a pallet trailer we use. Sure. And we usually have like twelve or so pallets of honey on it that we sell off at once. Nice. And it's still not a lot. No. That's it's just like oh yeah, just some extra money. Yeah. Free money. Free. <laughs> money for no- nothing and bees for free. Pretty much. Checks for bees. Bees. Next Anyways. time on bees. Not like that. the bees. Captain B. It's like the bee movie, but every time you say bee, the movie goes faster. What's the deal with farming simulator? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'll figure out how this works eventually. Or I could just be in No Man's Sky where I just set up a bunch of hydroponic bays and come back periodically and grab a whole bunch of Yeah, just like that. (laughs) 
So uh, this has been yet another episode of Total Pebble Knockdown, and uh, I hope you have enjoyed our farming expedition that we've been on. Amazingly enough, uh, Farming Simulator never got a movie. Thank God. I don't think that would work, but somebody might be making it. It's me. I'm making it right now. Yes. You're watching it. Exactly. It can be a machinima thing. Anyway, Alex, if they wanted to find out uh, more ways that they can uh, make a farming sim movie, where could they go? (laughs) To an alternate dimension where rainbow unicorns are stabbed. You can go (laughs) to totalpebbleknockdown.com. We found found a unicorn stabbed on the farm and we... (laughs) You can find everything that we do over there, and you can also click on our Patreon banner, at which point you can go and get our episodes ahead of time uh, over there. Full video episodes release before even the individual segments, and you can also see uh, Citanium Mind when you go over there. You can also look at the Creatures segment that is also over on the website. Uh, Fun stuff. All of that. Um... And uh, thank you again to all of our patrons that help us keep the digital lights on. We appreciate it. We have all of your names in the end cards on the videos. We love that. Um, And uh, you can also find us on every podcast app known to mankind. And if you are an anchor, feel free to drop us a voice clip. We might even use it on the show or respond to whatever your question is. You can also find us on social media. And I'm at Satanium. I'm at EXP Limited, and the show is at Pebble Knockdown. Excellent. Uh, and so until the next time we do this and jump back on my big boy tractor, uh, I'm uh, <laughs> hopefully it's in space. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you on the next episode of Total Pebble Knockdown. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I need a haircut, that's why. You do need a haircut, always. You too. Yeah, I know. You should get that one cut. This one right here. The one you have left. It wouldn't be so bad, but uh, it always grows out much thicker on the sides than it does on top. Oh, it could be worse. It makes me always look like I have these really sad horns. (laughs) You do have very sad horns. I don't like that part.